my friends are gone and my hair is gray. I ache in the places where I used to play and I'm crazy for love, but I'm not coming on. I'm just paying my rent every day in the Tower of Song. Said to Hank Williams, how lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all that long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song. new introduction andrew oh i didn't is there a new one yeah there was we decided to get rid of the old american <laughs> and we we're going to have margaret road night which we've had every week since okay. you're not i didn't realize i'm sorry you're not even dale are you no i don't know how we cope you're not dale you give the wrong introduction andy i'm gonna make you think a you're a talkback with attitude this is a proper program this is not some crappy comedy show. This is Radical Australian Community Radio, 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. And it is also podcast. And we have a legend. Oh. An alleged legend. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Cusack. Oh. Did I pronounce it right? Yes, you got it absolutely right. Uh, Joe, thanks very much for doing that. A lot of people give me all sorts of variations on my name, so yeah. Yeah, you hit yeah. the button. We only asked two questions, Jim, mm. and I'm really pleased that you didn't bring any bloody records in. <laughs> the only time you can play music on Radical Australia is, if can you sing? Uh, no. Can you play an instrument? Um, very quietly to myself. To yourself. <laughs> well then, mate, we're going to be talking 55 minutes. Often in minutes. head. <laughs> 55 minutes. You don't sing in the shower? I do that, but... Uh, well, would yeah. you like to give us a few bars? Um, what pops into mind? Hmm. Something like um, some of the old... Uh, I, what I've always loved hmm. is the old Irish Republican rebel stuff, um, mainly because there were a lot of... Um, songs that were very situational mm-hmm. and talking about a place and a thing that was happening there and it was a great way to describe things and uh one that pops a couple of things that pop into mind are just those old phrases like uh at the height of the troubles when uh, the saracens were driving through the streets of belfast and just not taking any notice of anybody and uh certainly trampling anybody's dreams there was that wonderful song about um Who's the man who stands behind? Who's the man who stands behind the man who stands behind the wire, and and mm. numbers like that, and oh, and some other joyful ones like the Irish are a very funny breed, sir. Yeah, but Jim, very Jim, funny Jim, breed Jim, at Jim, all. Jim, Jim, nothing personal, nothing personal. <laughs> but your surname's Cusack. Is that a common Irish name? No, it's not really, Joe. So, so how old are you? Just for listeners. Uh, 
So I turned 63 in November. 63, you're just a youngster compared to me. Mm, I was born on cracker night, though, so Krakenite. I always celebrated November, blowing up a parliament. 5th of November, is it? Yeah. Yep. Bloody Catholics, they're all the same. <laughs> now, usually I ask another question, but because we're kind of going this down this Irish road, oh, yeah. where does the bloody name come from? So um, when I've done a little bit of thinking about this... Mm. Uh, Not research, thinking. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the Irish... My name in Irish is Seamus Okasuig. And so Okasuig gets broken down by the, the British establishment mm. and people who are too lazy to learn and doing mm. censuses and things like that. So it becomes Cusack. Um, but it derives out of... Uh, so I've always been told there's a... A place in the north of uh, France, uh, in the Normandy area, and uh, it and I can't give it to you properly. No, no. I, I've seen yeah. it written plenty of times, but it's something like de Guzac. Right. And um, and of course, it all happens when uh, William the Conqueror mm. nicks over mm. and does the 1066 job with Harold of at Hastings, mm. Mm. and uh, I think at that stage William was in the process of chopping up England and, you know, you've been the good guys, you get a bit of this one and that oh, one the and all the rest goes. of it. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got a few leftovers. Yeah. Uh, he's got too many people right. and no land. So he says, well, you guys nick over to Ireland and you can have chunks of that. Mm. And so uh, names like Burke come from de Burg. Oh, right. and, uh, and that French um, uh, for son, Fee, F-I-L-S, not for the Geraldines, not for Fitzgerald, but for things like Fitzsimons, Fitzroy. Mm, mm. That's that French derivation. Uh, well, I, I actually thought it was a uh, monarchist plot. They wanted <laughs> all you all you Irish to be, have German names. <laughs> oh. oh well, you know, <laughs> it, to the uh, to the spoils go the victor, don't they? Yeah, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, that's been the way of that sort yeah. of colonialist well, thinking well, forever. Yeah, well, you, they thought they'd colonise you by giving you one of their names, you know. Being colonial. a German royal family, the British royal family, obviously. Yeah. Now, now, let's get serious. What, what's the first thing that you can remember about being on planet Earth? Um. Probably the backyard where we lived in West Heidelberg. You had a backyard. No, oh, we had a big backyard. Yeah. We didn't live in the village. We were just slightly yeah. out of the village and going up the hill. So you were kind um, of upper class West Heidelberg. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. That, that's the area they call Heidelberg Heights, Heights. now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God bless us, no. Well, it's, all, it's all the Heidelberg Heights now. You know that West, West Heidelberg's disappeared off <laughs> the face did, of the planet. Yeah, yeah. They, they've done that. Add, added 50000 to the property prices. Mm. So I grew up in Porter Road, which was... Not, uh, oh, I had patience around that area. Oh. <laughs> well, we were, for a long time, the last house in the street. and So and, what did you remember about the backyard? Oh, it was just deep. deep. And I always remember um, my father was in the pick-and-shovel world. Yep. So there was always this pile of either machinery mm-hmm. or leftover rubble or tools or things like mm, that, mm. which is just a wonderland for a, a little boy growing yeah. up and mm, uh, mm. just fiddling around in that sort of space. Yeah, yeah. And the chook pen up the back, of Obviously, course. Obviously, yeah. What colour were the chooks? Well, I remember very vividly a black rooster. Oh, yes. He would corral you, wouldn't he, <laughs> when you went next to his hens? <laughs> well, my sister, my young, one of my youngest sisters yeah. was uh, mad for dressing up the pets. Oh, so right. this rooster was often photographed back in the late 50s with bonnets on it and yeah. all sorts of things Jeez, like yeah. that. Great crack. Great crack. Yeah. 
Now, you wouldn't, uh, 63, would have been about, what, two during the Olympic Games? Not even that, were you? One or two or something? Uh, no, I was born in 1954, so yeah. uh, two. I yeah. was just, just a baby. So you yeah. wouldn't have any yeah. memories of that? No, and in fact, our family didn't quite move into West Heidelberg until probably a couple of years afterwards. Right. So where, where, uh, where, where were you before there, the family? Uh, well, uh, my my f- parents were living in Northcote, mm-hmm. and I was born in Northcote. That explains and your, uh, you know, your debonair, you know, look today, doesn't it? With the shawl, <laughs> obviously you're a, you're one of them, aren't you? Oh. You know, new age retro. Oh, I wish hipster is the word I was looking for. Hipster. We have a Northcote hipster here yeah, from just, West Heidelberg. Yeah, yeah. I really shifted, haven't I? Um, long way from the old. Uh, uh, Maroon socks and uh, pointy shoes yeah, back at the Mall, yeah, um, yeah. but the yeah. So we were in Northcote for a little while. I think Mum and Dad had a, a place they rented in Thomastown. Mm. The folks uh, uh, travelled around a little bit. Uh, so what, what, early what, doors. What was your dad's name? Uh, John. Is he still around? No, no, no. He died a few years ago. At right. a fairly ripe old age. He was ninety-two. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He mm. came out to Australia. He was a 29-year-old man, so oh. he, he'd sort of lived a fairly hefty life already before he came out here in 49. Um, he was part of that Irish world that uh, had, before the war, uh, was Ireland was very poor, mm. and he was, he was in and out of, um, and he was in rural Ireland, in a place called Cark and Lish, which is mm. in County, mm. uh, mm. County Limerick. And uh, he was... Uh, Big families, you you, sh- you know, you shuffle the kids out mm, and you move them mm, to places. And uh, mm. my grandmother had a couple of brothers who were living in uh, in England, in the south of England. So, Dad was sent across to do an apprenticeship as a painter. Which what, last, during, during before the war? Before the war, yeah. yeah. So he was born in nineteen twenty, right. and um, but he lasted about two minutes at that. Uh, oh, he didn't show. like taking he, orders, did he? No. Nah. <laughs> what colour's that on the wall, Jack? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> so he was always a farm boy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so, so he would, so uh, being Irish, mm. he w- was he, he wouldn't have been conscripted, would he, into the British Army for the no, war? No, no, no. He, was, he was one of those blokes that used to turn on the lights for the German bombers, was he? Uh, yeah, there was a, an interesting tradition around our family, <laughs> around all of that sort of stuff. But being on the towards the west coast of Ireland, you were kind of separated away from, mm. you know, the panic that was in in. Uh, cemetery in Dublin, there's a right. corner of it where there's a whole lot of German uh, pilots who flew and sort of overshot Pommyland right. and landed across <laughs> the other side of the Irish Sea. Yeah. And uh, there's funny little uh, vignette or a little bit of history in that too. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I have, I did have an uncle who yeah. joined the um, British Army or British Air Force. Yeah. He was living in London. He was right. just older than my dad. And... Uh, he did, but he. My the story in the family is that uh, they were in Norway, and that that was a very bitter campaign. It was very bitter, yeah. And uh, no, he nicked off, right. and, uh, so he went AWOL. And yeah. uh, I used to get shot in those days during the British Army. Yeah, yeah. So Lucky he went back to Ireland. No, he went. He stayed in London. <laughs> did he? he? In fact, one of the nicest things at Uncle Billy's was that he he lived. You could stand on the back fence at his place and see the. See the gates of Wembley Stadium. Oh, very nice. Not that I knew what was going on much in there, but I knew that they were there. Right. <laughs> and what was your mum's name? 
My mum was Elsie Gray. Right. And, and is uh, she still alive? No, no. She she died around the same time as Dad, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. She was a bit younger. She was a different kind of girl. She um she come from the north of England. She was a Geordie. Mm-hmm. So Whereas everybody could understand my father, except for when he tried to say three, he would say tree, like all yeah. Irishmen do. Yeah. They can't say th. Yeah. But uh, my mother was a Geordie, and nobody in the whole world understood. <laughs> no. So just explain to people, because people yeah. forget these terms. What is a Geordie? So Newcastle on Tyne, right? And it's that sort of. There's a sort of. Uh, there's a strong history there that's built around the. The shipyards and the coal mining, basically, it uh, suffered miserably under the Thatcher years. And uh, mm. I have cousins who have never worked since the 1980s. You know, mm. they, they were tradies and all the rest of it, just mm. blown out of the water. But the Geordies had um, some strange influences. I think they, whether how the language developed, that a lot of people even talk about this German across the across the North Sea type yeah, stuff that yeah, comes into yeah. mm. some of the Geordie stuff. And there was a very popular show um, uh, on TV at one stage called Auf Wiedersehen Pet. Now, the Auf Wiedersehen obviously is German, but Pet, if you're talking to people from the north of England up there in that corner, Pet is often used as a, you know, how are you going, Pet? pet yeah. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes, some, it's always to children, mm. often to women, but mm. sometimes women will certainly use it mm. back in as a mm. tone of difference mm. to maybe mm. a very close male friend too. And did they come across together or did no, they meet here? they met out here. Um, Dad was one of the lads who sort of kind of jumped on a boat, don't want to have anything more to do with this. It's There's no money and I'm up for pick and shovel work. He was yeah. a big, strong man. He really yeah. was. Yeah. And quite famous for it. But uh, my mum, she had been in the British Army, uh, involved in the Marshall Plan in Germany, too young to be in the Army during Mm. the war. And uh, she spent three years there and she got back to England and she was just devastated by everything she'd seen. And And the story in the family goes that she had her bag packed under the bed for and she had a girlfriend and they had it packed for about two weeks mm. my mum was the youngest of 11 mm. and uh and so there was she was wondering how she was ever going to break this word to her mother in particular that she was nicking off and she had uh she put in two applications one to go to canada and one to go to australia and uh so she gets a, a letter sort of saying you've been picked to go to australia so off she goes yeah and she went and knocked on her girlfriend's door who then panicked and said, no, I won't go. So mm. I remember Elsie always saying they arrived, she arrived in Sydney and she cried for the first six weeks. She was in the, uh, in the old Nissan huts that oh, right. everybody yeah. was in. You know. Like 49 too, 49 or a uh, bit later? No, she was just a bit later, right. in probably early 50s, well, uh, early right. 50. Well, well, there yeah. was a big labour shortage and that's what people, oh, yeah. my father came in 49 and my mother came in 50. How's oh, that? There you go. We're almost brothers. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got a brother who lives in Kalgoorlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we can say bad things about him, he won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he's listening to the streaming. Well, he was over here last week and I right. told him we were going, I was coming on air. Oh, so. tell, what's his name? And tell us his, all his foibles. Oh, his name's Pat. Oh, and uh, and he's one of the – Joe, you make your scream now. He's one of those guys, a brilliant man, yeah. funny fellow, hard worker. Yeah. But, you know, he, he had that out back – Australia experience. He's been over there right. for, forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but worked out in the mines, didn't put the hearing muffs on yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff and 
dared to go where other people wouldn't at yeah, times. Man's so, man. Yeah. yeah, so he's he's got the buggered shoulders, the stuffed and, knees. And he's deaf. Yeah, he's deaf. <laughs> and, he, and the boss is looking after him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. fat chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they made them all subcontractors a million years ago over there and oh, that's right. screwed them into the ground ever yeah. since. So. Any, any sisters? Or? Yeah, I've got two sisters, mm. um, both delightful women. Mm-hmm. Um one who obviously they live in Melbourne. They're yeah. listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aggie is uh, Aggie's uh, been in the journalism game uh-huh. and uh, and all the rest of it, and she's a real smart one in the family. I always felt that I was holding mm. the door mm. open when yeah. the brains were yeah. being handed yeah. out. But um, yeah, she's done her little bit in the world of the ABC and stuff mm. like that, and mm. was uh, around the traps for a while, and uh, it's sort of mooching her way into a sort of a a quiet retirement, and right. uh, and my youngest sister Maureen is uh, she's happily ensconced, lives down in Seaford, and lovely children. Nothing and wrong with Seaford. Absolutely nothing at no, all. My, my daughter yeah. lives in Seaford, and my grandson's in mm, Seaford. Well, there you are. Yeah, and even, the, even more parallels, well, Joe. This, this is, is this we're going to be related soon. Yeah. The only difference <laughs> is I think you got two stone on me, mate, and I'm pretty heavy to begin with. So you must be at least 125. Well, that's when you were giving out about Northcote before. I don't <laughs> think I'd ever qualify to be As going up down Ruckers Hill. No. <laughs> <laughs> so how did a little boy? Cope in West Heidelberg in the 50s. Did you, you go to primary school locally? Oh, yeah, yeah. Catholic school by oh, something? Oh, yeah, there was only one. St. Joseph's or something, though? Oh, no, 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 no. 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 St. Pius the 10th. St. Pius the 10th. Oh, jeez. What was but, life like there for a little bo- Irish boy? Yeah. Well, a funny thing for me is that I just didn't know that the, I thought the whole world was Irish until I was about four. All my father's mates, my mother's mates. But how about your Geordie mum? She wasn't and, Irish. Oh, yeah, but she quite happily entertained all the Irish people. And you see, with six o'clock closing and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. and drinking being a very important part of our culture, uh, there was always parties and there was always you know things to do and you're going out. And My old man was none of this Australian rules footy or any of that sort nice. of stuff. They were all into the Irish game, so they would go down to... Uh, Lakeside or Oval was a big time. Like there, throw there. those poles and things. No, that's no. You're, you're talking about. That's Scots, Scots isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, what, what are the Irish doing? Oh well, they have a game called hurling, oh, which yeah, is a fabulous game. Yeah, and uh, but they're all into those games like uh, tug of war and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, my father's specialty was um, the standing high jump, and this this idea of how high can you jump from yeah. a standing start yeah. and he was very good at it and that was one of his party tricks because he used to get a broom handle and hold it and then jump yeah, over the broom yeah. either way but uh so they used to do all those sorts of things so that when i went to school it, it was sort of one of those sort of what's going on here there's a whole lot of people it was probably very much an irish catholic environment mm. uh, but saint pius grew out of a very strange and interesting world uh, it it was the first response in terms of any school, really down that neck of the woods. You had the mm. you had the school in Oriel Road yep. um, at, there, and we all knew about that. And, and I had quite a few friends who went there, and because uh, we used to come down off the top of the hill from because I was up around near McLeod Tech. That's yeah, the yeah, neck of the woods yeah. I was. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in the better part of West Heidelberg. <laughs> well, we had a deep backyard. Uh, yeah, you were in the better part. <laughs> right. You were away from the Olympic yeah. Village oh, people, yes, but weren't you? I spent you? a lot of time in the village. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then the other school was Hague Street Primary. Uh, 
don't even know whether that's still uh, going. What, what or not. did you did you kind of throw stones at each other as you went to school? Or? Oh yeah, there was uh, there was that sectarianism was yeah. really rife. And uh, as you walk down Waterdale Road home to cut across uh, Southern Road Oval, you'd cop a fair bit, yeah. especially off the uh, Hague Street kids. And there was a, a lot of housing commission down Waterdale Road between Altona Street and getting down to Southern Road on the mm. right-hand side. Mm. And sometimes you think, you know, I should nick across that way. It's a shortcut, but I'll stay on this side for a little while, get past some of those big blokes that you know. But the yeah. school was... The school was a really interesting place. It had uh, it was as rough and tumble as you could possibly get. I mean, my mm. primary school years, a prep school, mm. we had eighty in a class. No, it's a bit we were sitting right, three yeah. to a desk and yeah. all that sort yeah. of stuff. And yeah. and it was, if you were the kid in the middle, you always worked out which side you're going to put your lunch on because <laughs> if this kid had brought his lunch, well, you put it in with him because it's not going to get knocked off. But if he hasn't got one, you never put it in there. Exactly, all yeah. that sort of crack. Yeah. But um, you know the. They raised the money to build bits and pieces of that club by Wednesday night uh, boxing matches yep. and things like that. And men would come along and they'd have a, a long neck in a bag, um, always warm, and then they'd put a few bob in the uh, in the kitty, mm. and uh, and it was it was on in mm-hmm. the old hut that was down the back there. It was. Uh, you know, there were, it was a tough teaching environment. I, it, it wasn't all nuns and that sort of stuff. Although no, they, by then they were kind of dying breed. Well, so, so, so by the time you left primary school, hmm. did you think you had any talents apart from beating people up? <laughs> I, know, I didn't beat people up. <laughs> right. But I, I reckon I, always, I got the idea a long time ago, Joe, that I had the gift of the gab. All right. <laughs> I, I hadn't noticed, Jim. I hadn't noticed. Well... <laughs> It's, uh, I don't have so a, you're actually able to skills. talk your way out of diffi- sticky st- situations, basically. Oh, you start there. Yeah. You yeah. start there, and yeah. it gives you a chance to size it up. Yeah. And so where would you go to high school? Oh, well, I kept on the old good Catholic tradition. That's good say. to know, yeah. So I went to uh, Parade. Oh, Parade. Oh. Yeah. And uh, by 68, they'd closed down the Christian Brothers in uh, Victoria Parade here and uh, moved out to Bandura which in a lot of ways was handy for me because I could cycle there. and But more often than not, we always took the bus and things like that. They didn't teach you about May 68 in France, did they? Um, or did it filter down your school? Oh, oh golly, yes. Tell oh, us, yeah, tell us yeah. about it. We had a really interesting thing going. Um, so I was in about year nine these days when all nine. that was happening. Yeah. And uh, I remember very, very well there was a guy named Brother Glass he was a Tasmanian bloke. He wasn't very old, like he would be only in his early 20s, and he was really interestingly affected by it all. And uh, and he would come in almost every morning and just give us an update on what was happening. In the streets of Paris. In yeah. the streets of Paris. But, of course, there was, uh, for older blokes that I knew at school, the realities, well, we hadn't quite hit the reality of uh, conscription yeah. But uh, it was starting to roll in. Well, sixty-eight was rolling. Yeah, in. yeah. Sixty-six, they started picking people. Yeah. So I, and I didn't quite. It was sort of when I was about in in nineteen sixty-nine. You know, yeah. you're becoming really aware of it because it's coming close to right yeah. up to you. Yeah. And so there were people like that. But we had um, uh, La Trobe Uni was just being built those days. <sighs> Not La Trobe Uni. Yeah. So radical hotbed in the early seventies. Well, like, we I, used to walk our dogs up around yeah. there and yeah. going mushrooming and then all of a sudden there was this 
big pond with a couple of buildings around it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. These long haired gits. And we had no, yeah. And coming yeah, from West Heidelberg, yeah. had no idea what all this no. well, university I'll, stuff was about. Yeah, I can imagine. And well, dare it wasn't, for, that wasn't, sort of wasn't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, so no. did you finish high school? Oh yeah, finished high school and uh, so I was what, about seventy two, seventy one, seventy one. Yeah, no, no. so we kind of got out of that and uh, mm. and then I went and I just did all sorts of bits and pieces of jobs all well, over the place. Didn't go to university. Well, I I actually um, made an application and got into RMIT. I think at the time, uh-huh, uh-huh. but it really wasn't for a course that I wanted to do. <laughs> and. Uh, and so I went up to Latrobe Uni to see mm. if I could get in and do one of the one of the millions of kids lining yeah. up to do an arts degree. And I yeah. remember at the time there was uh, uh, they were charging fees still. That's right. And so you needed to get mum and dad to go guarantee or, or get for a, a loan or get a scholarship. Yeah, well, which I got. Obviously. Yeah, well, you know, sorry, mate. <laughs> I was talking, so one of us had to. I get was one. talking when I was right. <laughs> I should have been right. <laughs> but. Uh, so I didn't uh, didn't do that, and uh, and so I said to I, I went home and saw mum, and I said, uh, "Look, it's not going to cost, cost much, you know, a thousand bucks." And she's just looked at me and was joking. <laughs> so <clears throat> that was the end of your, looking at university that university career. Well, the beginning of it, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was funny. I had a mm. <laughs> a really mixed life as a as a, in in the world of being a tertiary student. I. Uh, Started and stopped and started and stopped and mm. eventually sort of nearly completed a degree at mm. the old Footscray Institute in those days, many years later. But Fit. I, yeah, but I didn't finish it then. <laughs> and I, I never finished. I got, I, Harry yeah. Van Morse was uh, giving me the, the run around those days as a, in sociology a- am free. I, am am I talking to a university failure here? You haven't got a degree of any type. Oh, well, no. I snuck a few in. You, you, <laughs> you snuck a few in. Well, who did you pay? Oh, well, I didn't. No, not lighter in the pocket. <laughs> no, but no. The, my mum's uh, theory about, no, you don't pay the $1,000 worked, I think. Um, uh, so through uh, let's, let's get through back a, a little bit because yeah. between seventy and seventy four conscription for you would have been a real issue. Your yeah, number, yeah, now, yeah. Did you decide to just take your chances, or because you weren't a student, therefore you couldn't defer? No. So I turned eighteen in uh, November nineteen seventy two. Yeah. So right so, in the middle of it, the draft resistors down yeah. at Melbourne Uni and oh, yeah. Latrobe burning their draft cards. Yeah. Absolutely, and yeah. just. Without going too far back, but yeah. I mean, one of one of the really early interesting ones for me was uh, there was a guy at school. Uh, I probably shouldn't mention his name. Yeah, I mentioned his name. Oh well, yeah, he's, he's uh, prime a, minister. A guy name. named Kenny Rushgrove, right. and Kenny was uh, a lovely family. I used to go and collect the milk bills from them. Yeah. That was my job around the, the village when I was a kid, yeah. and um, and the Rushgroves. But Kenny was probably he was seen as one of the great leaders of the school, yeah. possible school captain, all this sort of stuff. And there he was. He'd wag school and he was down. There was a big protest rally being held at La Trobe Uni. And he was there. And he was at the front page it, of the Herald. In his school but, uniform. No, no, no. no, no. He changed. <laughs> he changed, had the jeans on and T-shirt. And right. all that sort of stuff. Well, actually, I think it was he, he had a pair of leather pants on, oh, right. which even scandalised yeah. the whole thing further. <laughs> he was a hipster before oh, he yeah, started. Oh, yeah, but uh, Kenny uh, was... Uh, Kenny, I never spoke to him much. But, you know, when you knew that there were guys at school who were in that space, mm. it just meant you transported so quickly there. Right, right. Um, when I was growing up and I was in that lucky era where you, 
you know, you're getting jobs in and out of... That's right, you could. Uh, you just walk up and you say... Yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it. But you always knew there was a there was a pattern in your life that was around yeah. trade unionism That's and right. things like that. That's so right. yeah. And collectiveness and all those yeah. sorts of things were really important parts. Yeah, I know with the seeds right. that got... Yeah, I remember it was quite easy. Yeah. I remember I came to Melbourne in 71 yeah. for a few months to have a look at the uh, Collingwood uh, 3 store, the anarchist store across the road at 42 Smith Street. Uh-huh. And I said, I need some money. And they said, well, just go down there and stand in the corner and these trucks will come around and... If you look robust enough, you'll get a day's work. And that's what it was like before the Bells kind of, you know, flexed their muscles and became oh, a, real, a really strong yeah. union. Yeah, yeah, You're right. Yeah. You could walk into it and do stuff like that. So what, how did you waste your time as a youth? Um, what, part-time work or? Oh, no. I, I, a mate of mine mm. was a geologist working for Consink Rio Tinto. Mm. And he was down in Tasmania and he was doing exploration work looking for anything, digging holes in the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'd been flumming around, as I said, after I'd uh, failed to get into uni and all that sort of stuff and then eventually did have a bit of a run at something at RMIT, but it was yeah. a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I went down and I worked with Peter for about 12 months in out in the bush in Tasmania and I used to carry this auger around and mm. dig these holes down to about eight feet and fill up millions of bags and uh, and found and nothing. Then yeah, occasionally there'd be a little bit of silver or uh, lead in there and all the rest of it. But at that time, basically, uh, the big mining. So basically, you're following your father's footstep. You're a labourer. Yeah. Well, I think at that point I realised I was too soft for it. And the only while I love you wouldn't have been down at the the hut slugging it out, would you, with your long neck? Your old man would have, but not you. No, that's no, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so. But um. But the uh, the I got back to Melbourne. I went on. I went down to the doll shop in oh, Heidelberg, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was in the very very old one in a cream brick building. And um, I bumped into a bloke there who was behind the jump who was a good mate from school. Mm. And he said, "Listen, this Whitlam guy's got in, all right. and uh, he's cranking up all the wages for the public servants. You might as well have a go." Mm. And I said, "Well, I'm on my way to Kalgoorlie because I've been promised work over there with." With Consink, that was my mate Pete Ashton, mm-hmm. and uh, and after about two weeks, my mother was going spare. <laughs> having a big burn, bloke like you, oh, you've been at home for two weeks. You haven't struck a blow. <laughs> so, I was marched out the door and she, with the specific <laughs> orders: don't come home without a job. <laughs> and uh, so I, I went back down to the shop that day, and I said to uh, this guy Johnny Ryan, I said, "What's going on?" And he said, uh, well, listen, I can get you a job working here. Right. You've had lots of jobs. You know all about the lot About unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. You joined Centrelink. Well, well, whatever it was called. Well, the days. old Commonwealth Employment Service. Office. That's right, before, yeah. before it was actually private. And it was a great place to work. And how really long did was. you last there for? Oh, a long time. What's a long time? Oh, it was, um, I finally, I had a lot of different jobs yeah. uh, in that place. But I, mean, I was worked, I suppose, behind the job counter. Mm. From about the end of seventy four till around about nineteen seventy eight, and a little job came up, which really, and I and by then I was start I lost a bit of the callow youth, and I was really starting to think seriously about what are the things that are affecting the people who are coming through the door that I'm seeing on a regular basis. We had had, if you you recall, listen, yeah. listeners will too the. Jimmy Cairns had pulled the tariffs, and I was working at the um, at the 
Preston CES. And we had queues out the door. Um, I can't even remember. It was next to the Windsor, across the road from the Windsor Smith uh, factory. And it used to go down towards Bell Street, heading towards the reservoir direction, and literally get to Bell Street. So that was some several hundred metres. Yeah. And there were women there. And, the, and you knew how desperate it was because these families were desperately working class, not a lot of money coming in. You're in the rag trade or in the footwear trade um, and all that sort of stuff and always at the bottom end of the, the pecking order. And frankly, the union in those days wasn't a particularly strong union and and uh, and there were lots of little sweatshops and it was all piecework and, oh, those horrible conditions. And uh, And so I started to really think a bit about that. A job popped up. It was advertised uh, in the internally uh, to work with um, to go down to Tirana mm-hmm. and do a day or so a week down there, and I said, "said Well, you know, I'm big enough I, to look after myself." Oh, yeah, <laughs> jeez, I tell you what, <laughs> it's a funny old game. Um, that what was there? There's, uh, I think, in those days when I first walked in there, there was about 450 kids on the place. Yeah, there, yeah. It, um, I mean, there was. Uh, or, yeah. No point in describing it all, but it yeah. was a. And there were people on the outside shocker. trying to get the kids in the inside to agitate. Oh, it was a I, shocker. I won't mention the, the type of people involved in yeah, this. It was a shocker. Yeah, it would place. have made your life a misery. Yeah, so I, here I am uh, <laughs> becoming a pseudo employment counsellor, which is where I ended up in, wow. in, in a few years after that and did some study around mm. those sorts of things and mm. what mm. makes people in. Uh, what makes people click in the labour market? Yeah, now, now Jim, we're going to do something very bad. Mm. We're going to do a community a station announcement. By all well, means, means. As you're, you're a free. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. you do it for us. <laughs> I mean, you're a free CR icon. Uh, what do they say? An ornament to the free CR. So you do the, oh, you do the community. The you do the community. Come on, do the station ID. Let's see if you can remember. Oh well, it's uh, you're listening to three CR. Eight fifty-five on your dial. It's four thirty-four, and we've got a community announcement. No, we don't. We don't have community announcements. Oh, we, don't. we just do station. We just identification. do station identification. That's right. And this is Radical Australia, and, we oh, inter- and we're interviewing. Who are we interviewing? <laughs> oh, it's Jim Cusack. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. You'll pass. All right. If you look. haven't paid up your money from the last uh, radio thon, get busy, folks. Yeah. Well, look. <laughs> I think I've got a hundred percent, but that's all right. Now, yeah. getting back. Getting back. Now, I don't want to. Go yeah. down this path. There's two things I want to pursue. One, yeah. you said you're Irish. We're yeah. interested in Irish business. Yeah. yeah. So when was the first time you went back to Ireland? Oh, I was uh, the late bloomer in the family. It was 1986 mm. for me. 86. Yeah. Well, what made you go back? Oh, well, I'd, by then I'm 30 mm. uh, or 32. Uh, been married for about four or five years at that stage. You didn't marry. Family is from. Hmm? Belfast, no? No, my wife's family are Clare people. Clare people, yeah, right. So also on the West Coast. Uh-huh. And uh, she has um, her family are several generations ago but uh, mm. have kept strong connection with the family over there. So, mm. and so they, she shamed you into going back to Ireland. Yeah, so I, I had to do it. I had to do it. I, we'd had, um, when I was a, a young kid, sorry about this, yeah. when I was a young kid, my father had had a massive car accident when right. I was about nine and, right. and we lived really, really poorly for many years and, um, in fact, five or six years before my father could ever work again mm-hmm. and walk properly. But um, in all of that time when he got a little bit of compo, mum 
dashed over because her mother and was, was dying, dying and all that yeah. sort of stuff yeah. and took the younger kids. Yeah. And I was sort of the one that sort of stayed at home Look and it was always Dad. an excuse. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and so that it just never got around to it. But uh, I arrived there. Uh, you're talking about Ireland in 86. Um, so I spent a bit of time, obviously, with the family around the West Coast and then we went up to uh, Belfast. And I'd always been quite radicalised around Irish politics. I'd, one thing, while I knew a lot about the Australian thing, I'd never really joined hard into the into Australian movements and mm, stuff mm, like that. Mm. Politically understood things, but I wasn't buying into stuff big time. I'd been in a few union disputes. But the Irish thing was a different caper because my godmother was from a place called Newry and I knew that her family were affected by the troubles, all that sort of stuff. You walk into Belfast for the first time in 1986, and this was one of the attempts at actually getting a peace agreement. And up on the wall over the, i never forget it, over the Belfast Town Hall, is a, and this is Paisley at his highest, and he's saying, you know, no surrender, and all the rest of it. And this, just this total blockage. And, of course, you had at this time the British government wouldn't let Jerry Adams and Martin McGuinness and people like that uh, have a voice. They were banned on radio, and if there was an interview, it was a, a voiceover by an actor. We'd had um, my all... Uh, drill out heroes on this mm. show. My hero was, and still to this day, is Bobby Sands. I have. Well, it is your show. You yeah. Think it is <laughs> oh, well, there you go. How many... How many, how many um, was it... 13, 14 Irishmen that actually um, starved themselves to death oh, in that campaign? Well, at the, um, it's an interesting call here. The mm. 10 actually died. 10, right. But there were uh, up to 20 people mm. uh, in the pipeline. Uh, the, the day they called off the last of the hunger strikes on October the 3rd, 1981, mm. there was a guy named Lawrence McEwan who was... Uh, He'd been 83 days uh, on strike. Mm. He'd survived the last few because his mother insisted that he had to be given some water. Wow. And uh, he actually recovered and has, did a PhD on the uh, mm. on the 10 men who died. So what, and what, made a book. What? You weren't born in Ireland. You, you, no. You're not like Barnaby Joyce, you know, as <laughs> a New Zealand citizen. <laughs> so what was this connection? What was this strength? Because I can see the emotion in yeah. your face as you speak about this. The... In a in a in an Australia that I grew up in, mm. uh, I suppose in in those days I was spoilt for choice, and there was opportunity for me, and there was always this other thing about from a very early age. Joe, the question was always asked. I mean, a little tiny little kid, are you Irish or Australian? That's right. And uh, and it would happen for other kids in other That's right. That's in right. other communities, and. Um, and this influence of these people who had not this was not this Barry Fitzgerald Walt Disney Hollywood no. rubbish in our world. Mm. This was about people who were hard workers, hard people who made lots of hard decisions, and so there was always this notion we were on our own. There was mum, yep. dad, my brothers and sisters. We had no family in Australia, and even though we'd had our struggles and we many, many good people supported us and helped us through and we had all the, the food stuff from the St Vinnies and all that sort of stuff. But to get home and, I mean, 
the telephone was this big breakthrough. And, right. and I remember the first time ever talking to a relative. Um, we used to send the tapes at Christmas time and all that sort of stuff. Well, write a letter every week. My mm-hmm. mother. It's one thing I did get really, really out of mm-hmm. my parents. Famous. You, you, would, you wouldn't write a letter because it's too expensive. You do an aerogram. Oh, aerogram. <laughs> Don't forget that the aerogram. <laughs> that was the migrants' cheap way of communicating with the Absolutely, Jack. Yeah. And the the thing is, that you'd always start off with nice, neat handwriting. Yes. But by the end, it was getting big and, and, right. and scrawly. And my so you try to finish husband, it off. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now, now, yeah. now, there was, so, so yeah, that how, was how long did you last there for the first time? Oh, uh, about eight weeks I eight was weeks, there, yeah, travelling yeah, around yeah. and kind of getting to know things. Yeah, and how and how often have you been back now? Uh, oh, another four times since then. Mm. Last time was uh, last year, actually. I went back for the centenary of the nineteen sixteen uprising. What was that like? Uh, so I deliberately skipped. The, there were two celebrations. Two, yeah. There was one that was put on by the uh, the blue shirts who are in charge in Dublin now, the mm-hmm. uh, uh, Fine Gael, yes. um, and uh, and the Conservatives, and they, I think, the only decent, really decent thing that they did in that whole celebration that they called it mm-hmm. was that they gave every school a new flag, mm-hmm. and they actually sent a person from the army to every school so that they could have a chat about the uprising, right? which was interesting. Mm. But the children wrote stories and the stories that they wrote about what the 1916 uprising meant and what uh, Irish nationalism meant to them Mm. uh, was phenomenal. And uh, a month after that March celebration, a guy named Robert Bella, who's a fabulous uh, Irish Republican, who's a, an artist and is mm. an f- amazing Renaissance man, um, he organised the People's Celebration, and that was to have. And you have a birthday, right? Right, and on the hundredth birthday, well, surely you'd celebrate it on the day it happened. But no, the no, Irish no, government no, celebrated no, it a no, month earlier, no, so that like they could get away from it. Oh. You, you, you celebrate May Day on the first Sunday. You don't celebrate on the 1st of May. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. If you don't really want to pay homage, yeah. or, or Eureka, you know. I yeah. mean, we went up to Eureka well, in well, about 20 years ago. Just, yeah. I said, no, no, we only celebrate on the Sunday after. Yeah. So it's the same thing. If you don't want to honour something, yeah, yeah. you just do Why it bother? as a cursory. So yeah. now I understand. Yeah. So I met Martin McGuinness. I, I was going yeah. to just say, it was yeah. my only, the only little thing. There's a million yeah. reflections about right. that, but... Uh, the interesting call for me in that was that uh, and we've had this last six months in the Irish Republican family a, a sadness of losing a bloke like Martin McGuinness. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I have to this, I'll take to my grave, this wonderful vision of a man standing with a whole lot of people in a street parade that wasn't going anywhere because it was so long right. and, uh, and dressed up in his 1916... Uh, Paraphernalia, uh, gorilla, yeah. Yeah, yeah, gorilla gear, yeah. and uh, and uh, just chatting to people with his broad black brimmer, mm. and and I kept thinking, you know, Martin, it's uh, it's been yeah. a pleasure to know yeah. you, and yeah. we chatted for a few minutes and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Do you ever think the unification will occur? Um, yes, it will. Uh, it's going to be a funny game. There's two parts to it. The uh, I see a significant change happening in the uh, 26 counties 
and it's finally starting to shake off some of the rubbish around the 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 power of the religious majority mm-hmm. as it yeah. was, which is becoming a minority. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's shaking off some of that uh, cringe that it had for a long time that was built out of poverty. Uh, it's pretty robust in, in those senses now and clearly we've got a, a really smart lot of people who live in that community now and, and are not... And, I mean, the Irish have a... Uh, Quite happily go into gay marriage, yeah, yes, you know, yeah. and and embrace right. the whole yeah, idea. Yeah. And, and what, and what uh, mm. elect the prime minister is the yeah. son of Indian migrants, you know? yeah, yeah, and gay, I think, isn't and he? gay is yeah, too. Yeah. Although yeah. he he plays for the wrong, he wears the wrong shirt as a politician. Well, yeah, well, it doesn't matter, but it just shows that <laughs> no, Ireland is changing. Oh, it, it too right. Changing. So, it's it's a, a, unification. Let's get back to it because yeah, we're yeah, so out there's of time. that shift, and then but in the north, there's there's a different type of shift, and. Ultimately, the the questions are always going to come, I think, more sensibly to choice, opportunity, something around equity, whatever those things are. So you think it's going to be economic? And, and, and that will that will move it. Oh, and oh, yeah. Because yeah, even no now doubt. with Brexit, they don't want to close the border, do they? That's right. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and years ago, mm. of course, the, the people in the 26 counties used to rush north and buy their tyres over the border. And now it's the other way around. Now it's the other way around. <laughs> That's the way it should be. But you worry a bit. You yeah. really worry how yeah. well, uh, well, Ireland's been manipulated well, by the Well, at the minute, you know, the, was it the 10... What are they, the Ulster Unionists? They hold the balance of power in the British Parliament? Yep. They, they just got a billion dollars for their friends? In yeah, the, yeah. How many people in Northern Ireland? Uh, just a bit over a million. Well, it's not bad, you know, t- uh, yeah, a billion yeah. dollars yeah, for a million yeah. people. Oh, well, yeah. no, only 500. You wouldn't worry about the other 450, would you? <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. They're, they're yeah. Catholics. You don't worry yeah, about yeah, them. Yeah. So that, that could entrench them for a while. Uh, well, it certainly will, yeah. I should think. But uh, at the end of all of that, though, you've got uh, the woman who's in charge, Arlene Forster, was, went through one of the biggest scandals in the history of the universe. <laughs> she was... She was Money that was coming out of the yeah, yeah. the uh, ministry that she ran yeah. was being used. It was uh, EU money, yeah. which was supposed to be for uh, innovative environmental things. Yeah. Uh, she was paying people to warm uh, great big barns and things like that. So, yeah. if you were right. in the know, you could yeah. get this money, yeah. pocket it all, yeah. empty barn. Yeah. It didn't matter, Why not? and it was all about. Why uh, not? All right. Now I understand that you ran a little program on three CR. Oh yeah, the baby. Well, when 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 did you first come across three CR? Oh, I had a I had an interest in three CR almost from the day one. What nineteen seventy six? Yeah, well, you're a four four decader. No, 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 not actively on it. Although I was a a, a paid up member on it and so on like that. Huh? But of course, in, you're moving in circles and you want to hear things and right. so on like that. So three CR was sort of one of those stations that you could listen to and mm, uh, mm. and get ideas, especially around your community. Um, so you so, actually an early listener to 3CR? Oh, golly, yeah. What type of programs did you listen to on 3CR? Oh, well, it was a lot of the, the union programs were in particular, right, but right. the show that I did, the Connolly Association, started up. It was one of the early, what, what year, early what year, starters. What was that? Oh, within a year of So 77? Yeah, around about that. So you started that up? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. no. Uh, there'd been a... Um, 
a fledgling group in Melbourne at the time, running for probably some years, the Connolly Association. Right. And they were putting on lots of plays. They were doing um, all they, sorts they, of they fundraisers. Do, they do the Eureka thing. They go up there and lay the flowers. Yeah. The a, very, yeah. a, a guy named Seamus McGettigan was yeah. a, a big-time leader in that. But there were yeah. people like Tom Carroll, yeah. um, strong with uh, people like in the uh, in the Meat Workers Union and yep. stuff like that. Yep. And, uh, and then... So they'd initiated that. They had a little uh, magazine they were putting out on a uh, monthly basis and so on, uh, and it was one of the few ways you could find out about the politics. And you were involved then, were you? Yeah, yeah. So we're always, 77. we're always reading those things. Right. No, uh, no, no, I wasn't on air. No, 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 but I mean, were you part of the Connolly Association in 70? When yeah. did you join? I had friends of mine who were right. members, so right. I used to float in and out and go to events and so on like yeah, that. yeah. But uh, 81 was the, the watershed year because of the, the deaths of the, the hunger strikers. Mm. But uh, then I, um, I was in and around. There was another mob called Australians for Peace in Ireland and so on like that. Uh, there was also – then I, I eventually joined the union movement and this was one of the interesting ones that really solidified me and got me – on the air. You would have been of the groupers, wouldn't you, if you weren't being oh. Irish? <laughs> DLP member? Give us a break. <laughs> I, I actually wasn't working in a, I wasn't working in a union. I was up at Trades Hall and right. the, in the half penny days I was a labour market policy person right. up there. Right. And um, But uh, a guy approached me, and an Irishman, and he said, uh, you heard of the uh, Birmingham Six? And I said, uh-huh. yes, I have. And he said, Johnny Walker's going to come out to Australia. Do you think you can get him to talk and address trades? Oh, I went up and saw um, uh, Halfpenny and I mm. said to him, mm. you want to listen to this bloke and if you're really, really smart, you'll give him a half-hour special spot at a Trades Hall Council meeting mm. and he will give these people a picture that they could never, ever imagine. And... Uh, and so half, and he said, "Oh, how much do I trust you?" <laughs> and so he rejigged yeah. that day. Yeah. He rejigged the um, uh, the agenda, yeah. and we had a guest spot for this guy. Yeah. And what John talked about, and the collusion of the British police, the mm. the actual corruption of it all, mm. why they were uh, uh, arrested in the first place, what happened in the dodgy court case, the dodging mm. up of all the evidence. But then the horrible things that were done to their families who were left behind, uh, run-throughs in their houses and yeah. smashing everything and all that sort of stuff. And, and they, that broke those men. And he, and, but the British government admitted that they'd made a massive mistake. And so they were 14 years in jail and, uh, didn't, um, and wrongly convicted mm. but weren't pardoned for mm. some years later. Yeah. I went up to Queensland. I lived up there for about four years with uh, a job in vocational training. And then came back to Melbourne and uh, and 3CR was – and the radio show was just looking to change hands. Yep. So I came in mm. on the pretext – this is 1977, I think. Oh, 1997. Yeah. I came in on the pretext that, oh, listen, you can do it once a month and we'll give you a hand and so yeah. you don't know yeah. – you'll fly on your own in six yeah. months' time. Yeah. Yeah. I sat down at this desk at this seat. And there was nobody else one, in the studio. On day one. And – the guy who was over there, uh, yeah. Chris Wilson, I'll never yeah. forget it. And Chris looks around and he says, well, Geraldine and I, this is our last show. Jim Keir's like, take it over next week. <laughs> and how long did that last for? <laughs> 17 years. Oh, excellent. So why did you pull the plug? Um, I, I didn't want to, but I was just I'd, – I'd had hoped to 
uh, get some other people to lighten right. the load and yeah, do it on yeah. a, uh, a less um, less regular basis yeah. than Monday, uh, Saturday mornings. Yeah. And uh, as, ter- as time would have it, uh, or as, as things had turned around, sorry, um, one of the guys who was going to be my lead person on it shot through, right. <laughs> went to Ireland to live actually, went back the way right. and sort of reversed the migration. Yeah. And, uh, and nobody else was sort of putting up their hand. Right. And yeah. I was just People at a low old. point then. That's I was right. just at a low point. And yeah. I needed a break yeah. and I was nobody to hand Thought it to. Thought of coming back? Oh, I'd love to. Well, why don't really? you? Why don't you make an application? I'll support it. Yeah, good on you, Joe. I'll, look, I'll, 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 yeah, look yeah. on air, we're on air. Yeah, I've yeah. been serious. Yeah. I've got the West Papuans on board here. I'm, you yeah. know, I invited them to make an application. I'll support you to have the show again. Because there, there's always spots coming up, mate. If you've got the energy now, uh, you're retired? No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually up to my ears in stuff, but I really think I need to get going again. All right. And, well, I, and if I right. want to launch for you the know, future. You know, programming yeah. committee, mm-hmm. you get the Anarchist Mid Institute. We're affiliates yep. and we will support your application. You're very good. How's well, that? Oh, it'd be, it'd be a pleasure. I'd, well, do it. I'll dream through. I mean, I give homework. Uh, uh, I give homework to guests. I give homework on Talk Back With Attitude. I give homework Radical so Australia. Should, uh, yeah, and yeah. I'm giving you that homework. No. If you don't apply... I'm going to be very disappointed in you. Okay. You're just going to be, as far as I'm concerned, I want to be. No, every conversation should have a yeah. a, a shake of hands and a direction. And well, I'm going to shake your hands if you're making an application. Okay, then. Good no, we're not you, finished. Joe. I've got two more serious questions. <laughs> you got any kids? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. they've taken yeah. your footsteps regarding Ireland, or are they kind of... Uh... No, they haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's been to South America a few times. I've got twin yeah. boys. Right. So one's been to South America and trooped around there, and yeah. I think he came back going... Mm. Mm. So there's, a, there's an interesting world over there. There's a lot of Irish stuff. migrants in South America. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Got the, uh, yeah. In fact, I do, I, myself and another bloke have yeah. just restarted, and his wife, pardon yeah. me, Deidre, yeah. pardon yeah. me, I'd never live without saying that. Um, we've restarted the old Irish history circle, yeah. which has been yeah. lost for a couple of years, and on Monday nights, we a third Monday of each month, we're doing it. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the thing about that is that, Next one, we're doing a thing on uh, the Irish in Argentina. Well, there you are. There you are. And the second question, yeah. a serious question, well, all my questions are serious, obviously, is um, what role does Roman Catholicism play in your life? Mm. It's a deep one for me. Uh, a significant role. Right. It's significant for me. Uh, and I've not rejected Catholicism. No. Because... The notion of universality and community is critical to me. Mm. And if I I have to be one of those people who works all the time to sweep away the dross. And I don't want to be I'm not a will never make an apology for those bastards who No, no I'm not asking I'm not talking horrible. about that. I'm talking about no, no, no. what God means to you yeah, and the Roman Catholic Church. I want to get out of that layer. Yeah. Yeah, you're not so in that layer. I, I, I would no, never, I would no. never make that assumption. But I don't make. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, but yeah. when people hear, I mean, there are bad so, apples. Yeah, yeah. And, and also bad institutional structures. Yeah, yeah. But you've got a direct relationship, obviously, with with mm. God. Yeah. And the, and and the institutional structure that you know represents your God. Yeah. So, a couple of things. Um, maybe a bit about Dave Allen. May your God go with you. Uh, so I need in my life a way to reflect and a way to uh, anchor myself at times. Mm. And I do that in a lot of different ways. I don't necessarily find one place, you know, mm. through a religion or anything like that. I, mm. I do it in all sorts of ways. But um, 
the uh, what it what it has meant is that I can actually, I suppose, think about other people who have given of themselves generously and generously of their time, mm. and whether they are doing it because they think there's a place in heaven mm. or not. I'm, and again, I'm not particularly worried about those re- rewards, mm. but I do like the notion of uh, uh, you know um, putting yourself in other people's shoes. I do like that notion of uh, Saint Peter, giving. yeah, and uh, mm. and not being. Uh, mm. And the other thing about it is that if you if you're in that space, you're also got to mm. talk it up. Now I don't, uh, I, you know. Again, I always I worry because uh, the people who talk it up are are often fundamentalists yes. and uh, mm. and are, and. Just but but it plays a critical role in your life. It does. It right. does. And so you, you would like to get the uh, last rites, in other words. Well, I suppose if I'm and do, and do you wear a scapula? No. And oh. I I lost mine when it, I got it given to me when I was a pup, <laughs> and I lost it. I reckon straight away. And then they gave yeah. me a medal, and that was gone too. But yeah. that's because I'm going to hell, mate. If you haven't got a scapula <laughs> on, you'll never be forgiven for your sins. And now we've actually got a young couple. They're yeah. in their mid twenties. They're chained to their chair. Mm. And they're listening to Radical Australia. The only young people we've got. Have you got any parting words for them before we disappear? Oh, I think uh, don't give up. Uh, find yourself first. Be true to yourself. And uh, know that you're right. And keep pushing hard. Uh, there's there's no necessarily a right road, but there's good roads. And make right. sure you try to take those choices. Well, Jim Cusack, thank you very much for coming to the studio. Thank you very much for rejoining the 3CR family. We'll help you through all the paperwork. I'm going to take you downstairs. Okay, John. I'm going to reintroduce you to all the people you knew, and I'll give you the necessary paperwork. All the best. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Andy. And uh, my apologies for being so rude at the beginning of the program. I actually (laughs) thought you were Dale, uh, you know, but uh, I'm always rude to her, okay? And, Dale, please come back next week. Thank you, Andy. No, no problem. Cheers, everybody. Now that heart is beating fast, and that's the rhythm I can dance to. I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to, that one big heart that's beating fast. Tomorrow morning, let it rain. Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stars. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the health support from people who have been there? Wellways Helpline 
is a free and confidential service providing mental health information, support and referral advice. All our helpline volunteers are peers, people who have lived experience of mental health issues. If you are experiencing concerns with your mental health and well-being or supporting someone who is, call Helpline on 1300 111 500, Monday to Friday, 